You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. You may talk Christianese, but it's between you and God, not between you and me. But there will come a day when Jesus will separate the wheat and the chaff. The Holy Spirit is working in you right now, is working in you right now to purge you and to cleanse you. The Holy Spirit is making you into the image of Jesus Christ if you allow the Holy Spirit to do that. Sometimes it's hard for people to tell the difference between a true Christ follower and someone who is just pretending. In today's message, Pastor Dave will explain that even if we can't tell the difference, God knows. Make sure that you are a true believer and Christ follower. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of Ruth chapter 3 as he continues his message, Preparation. Sometimes the straw and the chaff were used in making mud bricks. Help bind them together. That should ring a bell to you. When Pharaoh said, you shall no longer make bricks with straw, he took that away from them. And sometimes the straw and the chaff were used for firewood. It was used to burn the ovens and make them fat. The process of winnowing now gives us a clear picture of God and how he will treat his people on judgment day. How will you treat his people in judgment day? The people who have believed in him and have lived obedient lives will be treated like the wheat. They will be gathered together and safely kept. In contrast, the unbelievers and disobedient will be treated like the chaff. It will be burned up in the lake of fire. The chaff is like burned up in the oven. And throughout scripture, the threshing floor speaks of separation and sacrifice. Separation and sacrifice. In 2 in Samson, Samuel, excuse me, in 2 Samuel, David purchases the threshing floor of Ornan after a plague had swept through the nation, killing thousands. I will buy the spot and build a place of sacrifice. Remember, it was the threshing floor that Gideon was called by the Lord. Jesus referred to the threshing floor, telling Peter that Satan wanted to sift you as wheat. John the Baptist mentions the threshing floor in Matthew 3. Turn to Matthew 3. Remember, we're looking at pictures. We're looking at shadows. Let me read you verses 11 and 12. John the Baptist is speaking about the coming Messiah. He says in Matthew 3, verse 11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire his winnowing fan in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Look at this picture we have here. Look at this picture we have. 
To baptize with fire means to bring the fires of judgment, which will purify the pure and destroy the wicked like shaft. But let's take this and look at it spiritually. Let's look at this spiritually. The spiritual threshing floor. Holy Spirit is the winnowing fan. The Holy Spirit becomes the winnowing fan. In fact, in Psalm 1, verse 4, the psalmist says, The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. The Hebrew word translated spirit is rock. Ruach, which means wind. From the start, the Holy Spirit gives us a clue about his nature by calling himself wind. And we see here, in the, even in the beginning of Genesis, he's brooding over the waters of the earth like a bird over its eggs. One of the functions of the Holy Spirit is to blow the chaff away from our lives and prepare us to meet Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit on the floor. The threshing floor is the church. We are the threshing floor. True believers are the wheat, substantial, useful, and valuable. The hypocrites, they're the shaft, the light, empty, useless, and worthless, and they're carried away by every wind of doctrine, walking to and fro. And they're now mixed with us and bad. We can't tell the difference between the wheat and the chaff. We can't tell the difference. Because you may look like a Christian. Right on, brother. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You may say all the great things. You may talk Christianese. But it's between you and God, not between you and me. But there will come a day when Jesus will separate the wheat and the chaff. And the Holy Spirit is working in you right now, is working in you right now to purge you and to cleanse you. The Holy Spirit is making you into the image of Jesus Christ if you allow the Holy Spirit to do that. Notice he said in Matthew 3, one will come who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And once again, we go back to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is what the Holy Spirit is supposed to do. The Holy Spirit is supposed to bring to you into repentance and show you your errors. Search me and know me, David says. Well, how does that happen? The Holy Spirit points these things out. The Holy Spirit wants to move you and glean from you. There's a day coming when the floor of the threshing will be purged and the chaff and the wheat will be separated. The last judgment, there's going to be a great winnowing from saints and sinners, and they're going to be parted forever. Heaven is the storehouse where Jesus will shortly gather his wheat, and not one grain will be lost. He will gather them as ripe fruits were gathered in. In heaven, the saints are brought together, and they're no longer scattered. They're safe. They're no longer exposed. They've been separated from corruption within and without. There's no chaff among them. When John the Baptist speaks of the unquenchable fire, he speaks of the gates of hell. The unquenchable fire. This is going to burn up the chaff, which will certainly be the portion of punishment, everlasting destruction. See, the Holy Spirit is working in us. And as we submit to the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding, we get rid of these things. We get rid of the chaff in our lives. We get rid of that stuff. And the Holy Spirit begins to purify us in preparation for meeting our Lord, in preparation for having Him come. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about those who are saved. 
We've got a lot of chaff in us, folks. We've got a lot of dross that needs to get away, to get, get rid of. Holy Spirit works in us to conform us in the image of our beloved Savior. And that's what he's doing on the threshing floor. He's winnowing. He's winnowing in your life. He's winnowing in my life. He throws these things up in the air, and all of a sudden, they're gone. Wait a minute, I want that one. He says, no, let that go. It's coming between you and the Lord. It's causing you to be far from him. Let that go. Interesting picture. It's an interesting picture of what's happening in our lives right now. It's an interesting picture because the time is ever growing short. And if you look at the problems and the things that are happening in the world, you see that there is much chaos out there. There is much danger out there. And there'll be many things that will try to draw you away from Christ. Many things that will try to draw you away. We must not let that happen. We need to allow the Holy Spirit access to our life. We need to allow Him to strengthen us, guide us and lead us, and conform us into that image. That's His job. And that's what he's been sent to do in you. We need that Holy Spirit. We need that baptism. We need to, to have that strength and that power. So as we now come into the next couple of verses, we see yet another picture that's painted for us about how we are also going to meet Jesus as the Holy Spirit works in our lives. Let's read verses 3 to 5 one more time. Therefore, Wash yourself and anoint yourself, put on your best garment, and go down to the fresh threshing floor, but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies, and go in, and you shall go in, uncover his feet, and lie down, and he will tell you what you should do. And she said to her, All that you say to me, I will do. Naomi tells Ruth what she must do to prepare herself to meet Boaz, to be his bride. You can read about this in Ezekiel 16, verses 9 through 12. But it's a deeper relationship as the Holy Spirit prepares us. It's a deeper relationship that the Holy Spirit wants to take us. He says, wash yourselves. This is not anything new. Joshua, before they, before they said, cleanse yourselves. Many, many times you hear, cleanse yourselves. And we are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Don't get me wrong. Well, there's sometimes we have to cleanse ourselves too. We've been washed by the water of the word, it says in Ephesians 5. We've been cleansed from our sin. But God sometimes says, wash yourselves. Seek his forgiveness, and he cleanses you. Once you seek his forgiveness, he cleanses you. That beautiful scripture. In 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive your, your, forgive your sins and to do what? Cleanse you from all unrighteousness, washing you. He says, wash you. We need to be clean. We need to be prepared. This is what the Holy Spirit does in our life. We can't have hidden sins and things like that. Once again, we're on the threshing floor. Remove that what defiles us. Get away. Remove it from our lives. Get rid of it on the, the threshing floor. I don't know why I'm having a hard time saying that. Priests who ministered to the Lord in the tabernacle. If they were not clean, if they had not dealt with their sin, if they had not cleansed themselves properly and done the right thing before they went into the Holy of Holies, guess what? They were dead. They were struck dead. We have to cleanse ourselves. 
I gotta wanna be clean. I gotta wanna be clean. There's something that I say, there's something I wanna be, Lord, I give it all to you. Take it away. I, I give it to you. When the Holy Spirit shows it to you, get rid of it. I don't care what it is. And we all have stories. I know a lot of you have stories of, of things that the Holy Spirit has taken away from you as you gave it up, as you rid yourself of it. Wash yourselves and anoint yourself. Anoint yourself. Now, you know the picture of the Holy Spirit and the anointing. It always speaks of oil. Anointing. Oil always has to do with the Holy Spirit. And again, we have this picture of the work he wants to accomplish in your lives. Too many of us, too many of us are doing three things when it comes to the Holy Spirit. We are ignoring him, we are grieving him, and we are quenching him. Those three things are happening. We are ignoring him, grieving him, and quenching him. We must accept him. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. Holy Spirit is God. And he is the active agent of the Godhead on earth today. Father and Jesus are in heaven. The Holy Spirit is the active agent of the Godhead on earth today. We must allow ourselves to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. We must allow ourselves to be overpowered by the Holy Spirit and led into the things and let him, let him accomplish what he wants to in our lives. Put on your best garment. We need to change our clothes. We need to change our clothes. Put off the old garments, it says in Isaiah 61. It's like Paul says, put on the new man. Put on Christ. Put on the new man. The old has passed away. Put off the old man. There's an idea of change here. We don't do what we used to do. We're the new person in Christ. We're this new creation. We've got to put that on. We've got we to put that on. In Revelation 19, 8 says we're going to receive these new white garments. These new beautiful garments of preparation. To lie down at his feet. But to lie down at his feet. At the appropriate time, Naomi instructs Ruth to go in, uncover his feet, and lie down. Now, some people might say, whoa, this is a pretty provocative thing. What's she doing? This is a provocative gesture. It's almost like she's tantalizing him. What's going on here? But this is not what it means here. This is not for the gesture. What this means is total submission. Total submission, and we need to be totally submitted to the Lord through the Holy Spirit. Totally submitted. In this culture, in this day, it was understood that this was the role of the servant. The servant laid at the master's feet, and when the master stirred, the servant was up as, what do you need, sir? The servant was there. So when Naomi told Ruth to lie down at Boaz's feet, she was telling him to be completely humble, completely submissive in every way. And don't lose sight of the bigger picture. Naomi came to claim a right. She came to claim a right, something that was rightfully hers. Boaz was rightfully her kinsman redeemer. He was rightfully her according to the law. She had every right to expect him to marry her and raise up a family to perpetuate the name of Abimelech. But Naomi wisely counsels Ruth, don't come like a victim to men in your rights, but come as Humble servant. Humble yourself in the eyes of the Lord and he will lift you up. Humble yourself to him. 
go to Boaz and say, I respect you, I trust you, and I put my faith in your hands. This is the way we come to Jesus Christ. With all humility, all respect, and all trust. I don't come to the Lord demanding salvation. I don't come to the Lord demanding anything. Because the only thing I deserve is death. The only thing I deserve is total separation from God forever. And that's what I've gotten if it hadn't been for Jesus Christ. Well, who am I to demand anything of the Lord? I know what the scripture says that I can boldly ask and I can boldly say, but, but who am I really to ask these things of the Lord? If you're not in tune, if you're not closely contacted with him, we need to believe that he is not only a forgiver of sins, but he's the giver of eternal life. We need to believe this with all our heart. We humbly place ourselves where? At the highest ground there is. There is no higher ground than the foot of the cross at Jesus' feet. It's the highest ground there is. We need to say to him, whatever you want me to do, I will do. We submit our lives to the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and prepare us now to meet our Jesus. Ruth says, he will tell you what you should do. Now, this situation had disaster written all over it. Suppose Boaz was a slug. Suppose he wasn't such a good guy. I mean, suppose he was kind of, you know, character. Suppose he mistreated Ruth in some way. Oh, my gosh, the disaster that would happen. But Naomi knows that Ruth had had a chance to know him all this time. And he treated her with kindness. He treated her with respect. He treated her with dignity. They knew that he was a good man. He was a godly man. And one that Ruth could submit to him confidently. Look at Ruth's answer. I love this answer. All that you say, I will do. All that you say, I will do. Ruth humbly and wisely received the counsel from her mother-in-law. Ruth obeyed, and she did what was said to her. She became a doer of the word. She became a doer of the word, not hearer alone. A lot of us take counsel, and we go out and do whatever the heck we want anyhow. And a lot of us do that, and we wonder why we get in trouble. It's amazing. Willingness to obey the Lord is the secret of knowing what he wants and being blessed. Willingness to obey. We don't pick and choose what we're going to do when it comes to the Lord. You don't pick and choose what part of this Bible you want to obey. There's no choice here. This is not a smorgasbord. Today I think I'll, uh, yeah, I'll obey this one. Yeah, okay, this is the one I'll obey. No. You either obey it all or you throw it out. You either obey it all or you throw it out. We don't pick and choose. We must accept the entire word of God as being his word coming from his mouth, written by men but inspired by the Holy Spirit, infallible, inerrant, pure, truth as it is, the word of God. And if you believe that with all your heart, then why wouldn't you do what's in here? And why wouldn't we do what's in here? If you have a hidden agenda in your heart, you will grieve the Holy Spirit. And who would you be fooling anyhow? You may fool me. I'm a big fool. You may fool me. You may fool me real easy. But you will never fool God. You will never fool him.
hardness of the heart and legalism will also quench the Holy Spirit. If you are legalistic in your views, your heart is hard, you will quench the Holy Spirit's movement. Ruth has to go to him. Go see where he lies. Go see where he lies. And you know what? When I heard this, it's interesting. When I heard this, I immediately thought of Mary going to the tomb. Come and see where he lies. Come into the tomb and see where he lies. Why was it necessary for Mary to go see where he lies? Because he wasn't there. It was necessary for her to see that that tomb was and is still today empty. And that we serve a risen Savior. Our God is not a God of the dead. Our God is a God of the living. And our God lives today. We need to see where he lies and know that he has risen giving us all hope of eternal life, all hope that everything that he said was true. Ruth gleaned for herself all that time. She gleaned for herself, but then she placed her heart and her soul in submission to her husband-to-be. Don't glean for yourself any longer. Submit to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Submit him, have you laid at his feet? Have you spent time at the feet of Jesus? And if not, how long has it been since you've spent time at his feet? Just waiting for him to tell you what he wants you to do. Just waiting for him to tell you. Maybe you're on the threshing floor right now. Maybe you're going through a threshing season and you feel like you're being tossed up in the air. Holy Spirit wants you to submit. Holy Spirit wants you to give up, so to speak. Stop trying your will. Stop trying to get your will done. Thy will be done. Your will, Lord, not my will. Your will be done. If you feel like you're up in the air, if you feel like you're being separated, or if you feel like you're being blown away, this is a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity to get to the foot of the Lord and say, what do you want me to do? What is it that you want me to do? And then say, Lord, have your way in me. See, you can read through this story and you can get a beautiful, beautiful love story and beautiful picture. I think when we dig into it, when we just look at it and chew on it, when we start looking at the images and the pictures we see, it's so much more. So much more. You are We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you, but that's all the time we have for today on Assure Hope. We'd like to invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. 
There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to or even share with your friends and family. You can explore more of this series in the book of Ruth or other books in the Bible. Each one gives unique insight into God's plan for you and this world you live in. If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 10 a.m., and you can find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. We are gathering in person, but we understand if you're not comfortable with that yet. Instead, you can join us for church online through Facebook Live. Just follow the link at assurehoperadio.com. While you're there, don't forget to like our page so you can stay up to date with all the latest information about Calvary Chapel Cape May and Assure Hope. With that, our time with you has come to an end today. Thanks for being a part of our listening audience. Know that we're praying for you each time you tune in. Would you join us in praying for your fellow listeners too? Pray that ears and hearts would be open to the truth and that lives would be changed. Thanks for praying and thanks for tuning in for today's edition of Assure Hope.